This is the Atlanta Small Business Show with Jim Fitzpatrick. Hi, everyone. Jim Fitzpatrick with the Atlanta Small Business Show. Thanks so much for joining us on another edition. Uh, we've got a special guest with us. The customer experience expert himself, world-renowned speaker and coach, Mr. Joseph Michelli. I might also add to that title, Joseph, New York Times bestselling author and uh, with just incredible books. And now you've got a series out that I'm very excited to talk to you today about called It's Emotional. So welcome into the show, Joseph. You missed my main credential, which is I actually interviewed you for an upcoming book on what people are learning in the pandemic. So that's right. my real claim to fame. If, if that's your claim to fame, you might need to start looking for another line of work <laughs> because that's not going to get you anywhere. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping for a cup of coffee out of the deal. From that's right. That's right. And thank you so much for including me in that. It was a lot of fun and hopefully others get something from it. But nevertheless, talk to us about your new series, It's Emotional, and I'm, I'm going to let you take it from there. Sure. So I do blog series, you know, all the time. And my new series on my, my free blog is simply uh, it's emotional. And I think that a lot of people haven't understood this for a long time. They've done business in a very logical, pragmatic way. The emotions of our time are so heightened. You cannot escape the reality that every decision has to be factored in on the emotional impact to your employees and to your customers. That's right. Yeah, there's no question about it. So, so uh, how, how long is the series? How many, uh, you know, shows? Yeah, we're planning about five episodes. The first episode, you know, we talked about the, the concept of, of this unprecedented time, right? And I, I bristle at the word unprecedented. I hear it all the time. It's like yeah. the new normal. There are certain words we're going to get sick of over time. For me, in general, unprecedented bothers me uh, because emotionally it sets you up for the belief that, there is no precedent. The sky is falling, heaven forbid. And what I've been trying to suggest is maybe we should soften that down a little bit. Many of us have not experienced many of the things we're facing now, but that does not mean there haven't been precedents. If you just take pandemics in general, there have been six pandemics that have produced tens of millions of deaths. We're nowhere close to that in the current situation. Pray that we never get there. But suffice it to say, you go to something like bubonic plague that killed 200 million people. There are precedents, right? Um, we may not have experienced them in our time, but we can look historically to see how societies have bounced back from each of those things. We still exist today, despite six of these pandemics that have produced tens of millions of deaths each. So I challenge that word a little bit. And I think the question is, what is the closest proxy for us in our lifetime. So maybe there isn't a precedent for the size of furloughs that we have or the mutual impact on economy and health that this pandemic has put us in. But irrespective of the lack of that particular precedent, we do have some things to anchor off of. For me, working with Starbucks years ago when they did 300 store closings and pretty massive layoffs in the post 2008, 2009 timeframe, you know, it's not on scale with what's going on right now globally, but it certainly is something to call back on to remember what it was like to go through that process and what recovery looked like. Yeah, for sure. And, and so many other companies have had their time uh, when they've had to cut back. And, and, uh, and actually, a lot of them, uh, you know, been 2008, 2009, I, I interview a number of them on, the, on our shows where they filed bankruptcy. They filed the Chapter 11 and they had to do a reorg you know, completely and, uh, and then, but they've come back stronger than ever. The Delta Airlines was one of them. I mean, it's just a huge leader in the field and so many others and that, that saw, you know, the, the end, what it was coming and uh, had, to, had to take some really drastic changes. 
And then there's been companies that went out of business and sure enough, the entrepreneurs and the founders out there said, let's go back at it again. We came up with another idea that, that fits the times and guess what? They're, you know, they're off and running and they're highly successful today. So, and I think we're going to see some of that, um, you know, during this pandemic as well, that there will be some people that come out of this and say, hey, if we do this, we tweak this, we change this, we give the consumers this, we do less of that. And guess what? We have a whole new company. We've reinvented ourselves. And maybe even with a little bit of help from the funds coming from the government at certain times, that can be a helping hand. Would, do you find that to be the case? Absolutely. You know, Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan until somebody punches you in the face, right? And, and clearly, a lot of the plans that companies had are out the window now because of the frontal attack that all of us have taken in this pandemic. The reality is that some people in response to that punch are going to withdraw, hit the mat, stay down. Others are going to rise up with some adrenaline and find a way to just survive the round. And then there are gonna be people who are positioning themselves for future battle, who are gonna be better for the future challenges ahead and the other punches that inevitably are part of life. But for every one of those punches in life, there's also these joyous moments and these incredible connections that we can form with one another through these times with our customers, with our employees and the like. So in the series, in the, in the first episode of the series, we titled it, um, you know, focus on the whole, not the donut, which is kind of the reverse of what people often talk about. Right. But the, you know, that doughy part of the donut is, is where we really like to think about. In this time, most of what we see is the donut and that's the world we don't control. Um, so there is that tiny hole that we control. And if we get too focused on all of the excitement around the uncertainty, we can lose ourselves to not shoot through that hole to a better future. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's exactly right. Um, so talk to us a little bit about it. And, you know, so many dealers today are out there and they're very challenged uh, with, with, providing, with providing good customer experiences for, uh, you know, their customers that, that are now actually logging on to their website and doing business, purchasing vehicles and such, you know, online and not, not even actually coming into the dealerships. Um, you're a customer service uh, expert out there and you've written so many books on this topic. What's your advice to dealers that want that, that know it's important to maintain a high standard with customer experience, but you're never seeing the customers in some cases? Yeah, this is a, I have family who, who own dealerships. So uh, this is a personal matter for me. You know, I think there are certain things that this pandemic is going to do that will not go back, right? Uh, touchless payment is going to be one of those things that we're going to become more focused on and less tolerant of managing money. I think having to go and stand in line, having to wait for services because it's more convenient for the provider to deliver it. Now, what's this going to do for the cost of goods and services to be determined? But clearly the expectations have changed and you're not going to put that genie back in the bottle. So in as much as you do not have the same level of personal relationship with somebody when they're logging in online and requesting things to all be done with this automated, less touch approach, the moments that you do have where you have an opportunity to create a personal relationship become even more important. The ability to reach out in the follow-up to find out how it went and make that a personal touch point when so much of the other interactions were automated and impersonal becomes more important than it ever was before. Understanding what are the uniqueness, unique situations that require certain deliveries and certain tweaks in your deliverable, those are all more important than ever. And paying attention to the, the, 
the level of anxiety and psychological safety needed by each customer and building varied tiers of options is more important because if I'm somebody who wants to come into your dealership and all you're doing is giving me this impersonal touchless experience, then that's not connecting with that particular segment of your customer base. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I agree the, the follow-up during these times is just crucial to make sure the customer is happy. They, they got everything that they wanted. They have all of their questions answered. Everything went fine. If not, then obviously you're there to help them in any way that you can. But, uh, but I agree with you that that is a huge, a huge step. Uh, consumer habits will be changing in a very big way across the board for all products and services moving forward, won't they? Yeah, and I think it's unpredictable to know exactly what's going to happen. But I think the contingency plans have to go in both directions. That consumers are going to tighten up their wallets a little bit, or at least tighten up their behaviors, and the economy is going to have a slower recovery. Or people have so much pent-up demand, once they get out there and start living the fullness of life, they're going to continue to pursue that. We're going to come up with even better ways to manage it. There could be a vaccine. There's all these uncertainties, but I would be playing in my business modeling scenarios reasonable contingency planning around you know, restrictions of economic behavior and expansions of economic behavior. And I would not get out to the most extreme circumstances of either one of those because, you know, frankly, you got to manage all of those concentric circles around the current state. Uh, you know, if you have to hit the disaster plans, you will be getting closer and closer to that as you keep planning farther and farther out. Right. You've written books about some of the biggest brands in, uh, out there, Starbucks, Ritz-Carlton, uh, Airbnb, just to name a few. Um, how will their businesses change? Obviously, Starbucks, you're not really allowed to go into the stores in many states as it stands right now. They're doing curbside and drive through, I suppose. But, uh, but in the case of Airbnb and Ritz-Carlton, which I guess doesn't really have any hotels open, uh, how, does a, how does a brand like that survive times like this? Well, I was hoping I could just talk about Starbucks because they were a little ahead of the power curve. They were doing, you know, mobile pickup, mobile pay. They were doing a lot of that contactless payment stuff that that uh, I think positioned them fairly well uh, so they could manage through this. Um, you know, when you talk about something like Airbnb, I just don't even know the path out. Uh, certainly, you know, people are going to still want to travel. They're going to want to know it's safe to travel. There's going to be, you know, hotels in particular are putting it together all kinds of sanitation plans. Yeah. They're using UV. They're opening up the windows and not checking somebody in a room for 24 hours after they've cleaned it. And then they'll clean it again before the next guest comes in. Uh, you know, it's, it's an immense amount of contingency planning to get consumers back in as safely as possible while protecting staff at the same time. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and that's a very important element to it because you need, you know, you need those staffs with, and when the staff is there, you need them to be as professional as they were before COVID-19 and as accommodating, right? I mean, it's the culture in that company that's going to make all the difference. But if sometimes those associates aren't comfortable being there because they're fear for their own health and safety, that's an issue too, right? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think we all have known that our teams have to be safe. The, the issue is it's been way low in our awareness and most safety is kind of workplace violence kind of safety or other things like that. Uh, today, you know, the very fact that every single human interaction has the potential to be unsafe has caused us to think about who are we going to get to do this job uh, and how can we make sure that they are going to be sustained in their health and well-being. And, it, you know, it's, it's fascinating because I've been interviewing uh, first responders for the book uh, on leadership and and they'll say these folks go into burning buildings and don't concern themselves about safety other than the fact that they have all the appropriate training and safety gear 
but now they're afraid to do a routine call because there is the impact not on their own safety, but on the loved one's safety. So when they run into a building, they're only thinking about their own mentality. And now they have to think about the extensions of the risk to others. That's right. Wow, that's incredible. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Wow, that, that's that's something. So, um, so, so, are you working on any new books? I mean, you're you're. Always, it seems like you're always working on something. Working with some company out there to, to write their story and to share it with the world. Anything? Yeah. Like so, that? I've spoken now to a hundred and ten leaders. We got about another fifteen or so leaders to get included. The book will be out probably Octoberish timeframe. Working title is now. You know this this stronger through adversity messaging. Um, and we're talking to people like yourself in the media. We're talking earlier today, I spoke to Steve Cannon uh, from the Atlanta area. He is in charge of AMB yeah. Enterprises, Arthur, yeah. Arthur Blank's Enterprises, Mercedes, the Atlanta Falcons, the PGA Superstores. Um, and so all those kinds of leaders are sharing their insights on what they're learning and how they're being stronger, how they're dealing with emotional issues for their team and customers, how they're focused on safety and the like. So we're calling all of their expertise and we're building it into a book that hopefully will inspire future generations of leaders. Um, and we'll also donate a portion of that back to the front line. So I'm super excited about Stronger Through Adversity. I'm sure we'll talk about that book as it gets closer. I'm honored to, to get every chance I get with your audience. Uh, and really for what you've been providing throughout this pandemic. Well, we're honored to have you. So uh, it's people like you and, uh, you know, that, that make our network uh, what it is for, for people and uh, couldn't do it without you. So thank you for all the time that you give us here on it. Mr. Joseph Michelli, New York Times bestselling author and customer experience expert. It is always a pleasure. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Good seeing you, Jim. Thanks. ASBN is a part of the JBF Business Media family.